Today is Wednesday, October 25th, 2017, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and throughout the course of this past year, 2017, there's been a lot of focus on Fatima, and rightfully so. This is the centennial 100th anniversary of Our Lady's apparitions at Fatima, and yet Fatima was one of the stages that led to the events that are happening now in Medjugorje one of the most important events in the history of the world. And you have heard a friend of Medjugorje speak on this numerous times and in many of the writings that all of the plans throughout the course of history, particularly since the death of the last apostle, have led to this event, which is now happening in Medjugorje. And so Medjugorje is the focal point of conversion for the entire world, and all future events are going to take place through the apparitions in Medjugorje. And so tonight, a friend of Medjugorje was going to share with us the new message that we received earlier today through Maria from Our Lady. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. You know, it becomes difficult to believe what we've worked for for so long to know we're in the midst of everything that's happening that was foretold through the messages that I keeps warning us all the way from 1981. Her presence on June 24th, 1981 was a warning that the church is sick. The family is sick. The world is sick. There's no need to come to visit the earth. And there's something gravely, gravely wrong. We have that wrong and the depth of it and the measurement of it by how long she's been with us. It's a necessity for Our Lady to be here. It was a necessity for Our Lady to be here for six apparitions, May 13th to October 13th. And that's all the world needed at that point. That was enough. And now we're at 36 years of apparitions every day. Does that not frighten you? Yes, Our Lady says, do not be afraid. Why? Because... She tells you she's with us. And there's something to be afraid of. And that's why I said, does this not frighten you? And then you got to remember all these words. Do not be afraid. Because that means, in effect, do not be afraid. Because of causation of something that's going to cause you to be afraid. We're in a serious moment. This moment of time is something so extraordinary that we can call it a moment of truth. When you live a lie, as the culture does, we deny the commandments, not that we don't recognize them. We're talking about people who are saying it's not wrong to do those things. The Christian says, okay, I'm a sinner, and if I violate that, I need repentance, I need to atone for it. But the world is not saying that. We don't need to abide by the commandments because they're not valid anymore. We're modern, we're humanist. And you say, well, I'm not, I'm a Christian. No, you're participating in a system that is human, humanist-driven. And you contribute to it every day. So there's a denial of the commandments. There's a denial of truth. But because we're in a moment of truth, and we live not truth, 
we're going through chaos because to repair something that's not based on the foundation of truth and truth comes along, it's destructive. It's annihilating. It will cleanse and wash every and knock everything down that's not. And our lady said that. Everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. Only glory of God remains. You need to get these principles in your mind and your heart that things are not going to be good for us. That things are going to be good for us. Is that a hypocrisy? Is that a contradiction? No. Things is not good for us. Is things that's good for us. Look at the outpouring in Las Vegas. Do you think those people say, well, I'm not going to pray, the ones that lost loved ones. How many people went from really being excited at this band in Las Vegas and things and the singing and maybe not thinking in the right spirit of being holy, that in one moment to the next was praying to their God? And those that wasn't praying to their God, they were looking for the God out there. If he's there, can you hear me? And those who don't believe in God begin to question themselves, not God. That's why we say there's no atheist in the foxholes of Normandy. When those bullets were flying right over their heads, everybody starts reconsidering everything. Well, maybe there's a God. I don't know you. I've never met you. But if you're there, I need you right now. God, I need you right now. God, the world needs you right now. And Mary's here to bring us back to the Father because we're in denial of truth. And she's bringing a moment in man's history over a span of 36 years to this date of truth. And it's about to explode. And you see it everywhere. You hear it. You hear it on the news. You hear it all over the place. You hear people talking about it. You hear the preachers. You hear every. Well, let me take that back. I backtrack. You don't hear it always from the preachers. We got a man in the presidency who's a secular exorcist. Nobody's ever titled him that. He's got people quitting office because they know they can't run. We got to recognize all the events monetarily secularly, religiously, politically, nationwide, patriotism, nationalism, because those are in verses, that verses, patriotism versus nationalism. Everybody's changes nationalism, so they erase patriotism. All these things connected to Medjugorje. All future events will come out of Medjugorje. I said this probably two decades ago. All the things you're seeing now is because of Medjugorje, is because of Our Lady. She came for this, and she's here turning everything inside out. And you're going to see nations continue to break up or fall. You're going to see all kinds of things happening. And this message is a warning. It's very short today, but at the same time, it's telling us what's happening. Just like what happened in Las Vegas. The purpose of things being turned inside out is to put people in a good position that will be frightful, that you are not to be afraid because God is near you. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's October 25th, 2017 monthly message to the world. Dear children, I am calling you to be prayer in this time of grace. You all have problems, afflictions, sufferings, and lack of peace. May saints be models to you and an encouragement for holiness. God will be near you, and you will be renewed in seeking through your personal conversion. Faith will be hope to you and joy will begin to reign in your hearts. Thank you for having responded to my call. A very short message, but a beautiful message and a powerful message. Faith will be hope to you, and joy will begin to reign in your hearts. Why is she saying that? Because we are going to go through situations 
that if we don't have faith, you will have no hope. Hope just can't survive without faith. Faith is the first thing. All things are based in faith. That's why I kept saying repeatedly in the beginning of the apparitions, faith has begun to extinguish itself. People have lost their faith, etc. She said this several times. That was the one message. She, she themed out the messages from the very beginning. I can't do anything without faith. We know of a famous doctor that's becoming famous for what he does. Uh, we heard from something last week from and people flying in all over the world and the nation to be treated by this doctor. They told a story that said uh, for a woman who drove flew in from Pennsylvania, I think it was. And the first thing the doctor asked her was, what does she believe? She says, I'm agnostic. I don't believe anything. And nobody else can do what this doctor can do. And he closed his book and he says, I'm sorry, I can't help you. She says, what do you mean? She says, I can't help you if you don't have faith. You've got to believe in something. Well, I don't believe in that. He says, well, I'm not treating you. You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. I won't do it because I can't heal you. You've got to believe in something higher than yourself. In other words, if you think your money can do this, you think I can do it, I can't do it. You have to have faith because you can't have hope be cured even with money if you don't have faith as part of that. And he didn't treat her. There's nowhere else she can go. You could say she got pretty upset or she even started becoming more angry of a believer because of that. But how do you heal the world if there's no faith? And if faith, as I said, begins to extinguish itself and has no faith, she even can't come, even with miracles. The Pharisees didn't have faith in, in our Lord. And look what happened to them. They lost everything. So there's no hope of changing anything. So Our Lady has for us this message. Faith will be hope to you, and joy will begin to reign in your hearts. And it's interesting, she says in this message, I'm calling you to be prayer. What does that mean? What does it call to be prayer? The first message Our Lady gave here, she said, let your work be as prayer. Why is that? Even our enemies to what our mission is about respect us because they know we work. We are a people who work, and we work very strongly in our work as far as our children and learning how everything is supposed to take place and that everything we do about work is, is our life. We live for work. Benedict said, to work is to pray. That's what I said here. Let your work be prayer. Very few people have been told, as a body, as we have, that let your work be prayer, and that everybody you encounter be an encounter with God. She ended the messages of three months of January of 1989, which began in November of 1988, saying the same thing. All devotion that leads to sloth is false. We must love work, Zita says. Thomas Aquinas says, without work, it's impossible to have fun. I'll repeat that. He said, without work, it's impossible to have fun. We've got a pleasure society that never has fun because they're always doing fun. Everything they do is fun. And if you do fun all the time, what's fun? We work hard. We do long hours. And when we have fun, we really have fun. We have visitors, October 13th and 14th, saw us having fun. And they had fun with us. We've lost the work ethic. We've lost what, who we are because people are slothful. They want to get easy. They want to think about retirements. We don't have retirement here. We never will. Papa Pero is Pansion and where we stay, Goiko, Djokovic. He's how old Papa Pero? 90, 95, something like 95 that. 95 years old. And he's still supervising the gardens. He still walks around every day. And he's looking at a lifetime of work, what's been built there on his property he started, and he just walks around admiring it. Like God coming to the garden and even admiring the world. I think St. Pope John Paul II said, 
on the Sabbath, what you're supposed to do is walk around and see what you did to the week. And we do that. We walk our grounds and we, we admire that. We say, wow, this is done. This is beautiful. Look at all that firewood split up over there. Look at that lumber we cut down. Look at all these books in the print shop. You admire your work. There's something to it. And it's holy. And we walk on Sunday. We contemplate these things. And because we're building a beautiful way of life. And it's different working for the dollars as opposed to working for a way of life. On the way to the cross, all you have climbed that cross, there's a bridge we built. I always admire that bridge when we walk across it because we built the beams, made them out of concrete, put rebar in it, set it with our crane, and there gets something to that. We didn't pay somebody dollars to do it. We paid our labor just for a few days to put that up, and it'll be there for 50 years, and now it works for us. It works. And it's a marvel thing. It's stationary. It's dead as far as life. But it exists with life crossing over it, going to the cross. It works for us, and we only got a, a weak investment in it. Rather than going work for the dollar, paying somebody else, there's no emotional tie to it. What do y'all think about the, the bridge down there across Bear Creek? Do y'all like that? I love it. Do you like it, Riaz? Yeah. When we say we're going to the cross, what do we do? Meet at the bridge. Where we say, where do we meet? Meet at the bridge. Meet at the bridge. There's life there. We're making memories. We pretend we're going to throw the kids off of it (laughs) into the water. But it's beautiful. And they have fun. This is the life I was calling us to. And everything here is done with prayer. The bridge was built with prayer. Our life was thinking about on Sunday was with prayer. I worked throughout the days to prayer. I'm calling you to be prayer in this time of grace. Because you got to be proactive in it. She wants you in the time of grace to be proactive because it's not always easy to pray because you don't have to. She's not going to have to say when you're in the foxhole of Normandy of what she says. You all have problems, afflictions, sufferings, and lack of peace. When we get into that phase, yes, we got it now, but you just wait. This message also is prophetic for the future. Otherwise, she wouldn't be telling us over and over over, don't be afraid. Because it's, again, something to be afraid of. So you're breaking your own heart. People don't even realize the decisions they're making, how they live, what they do, what they go along with the world today. They're not looking at it in the correct way that they will pay for the consequences of so much pleasure and so many things that they lost and diluted what fun really is because they don't want to devote time to prayer. They want to be on their cell phones. They want to be active in the culture as it is today. Drag them along to a way of life that is not a way of life, but a way to death. That's where it's going to end up at. And when that time of grace is over, this message is really going to be applying. You all have problems, afflictions, sufferings, and lack of peace. I can say when I read this message, I don't have a lack of peace. Ruth, do you have a lack of peace? No. Riaz, do you have a lack of peace? No. Do you know anybody in the community that has a lack of peace? Except a nursing baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, if we lose peace, we gain it quickly. We're in an environment that's been built by prayer. And by being prayer, that is manifest, that has self-manifested. We are a model. Our lady said that today. The word model. We are a model to the future. And it began in our family, and you can begin it in your family. Because if you don't, all that light around you, you're going to be alone in the dark. That's coming. And you break your own heart when you do that. And that's made further down the road, but that's going to be a lonely road. It's coming. Don't take the mentality we've heard and we've talked about before. Whenever it does happen, I'll deal with it then. You won't be able to deal with it. Just an example. Where are you going to get water? Something happens economically and everything collapses. There's no water. Look what happened in Puerto Rico. People had no water to drink. What happened in Texas? There are people that had no water to drink. Some people got infantigo and all kinds of diseases or illnesses or parasites because they were drinking out of what they had to drink out of, which is not available as quick as one day to the next. So when you look back on your life 
and you always looked for pleasure and every weekend and you wasn't working, which is more fun. Work brings fun. Work, our work is fun. Sometimes it's arduous. Sometimes it's difficult. But at the end of the day, it's like Maria said, we'd work into the fields when we had to, to 12 midnight. It was, they cried sometimes because it was so hard to do in this hot sun. And her sister, Rushka, had to go to drive a wagon with a mule all the way to Chitluk, back and forth all day long, about a two-hour ride and two hours back, just to keep the plants alive and get water out of the, their National Guard. It was communist at the time. And fill up as much water as they could and bring it back to the fields all day long, every day. But she said they'd come at midnight. They were happy. They were eating. They had so much fun. It makes and it brings excitement because you know you're putting a roof over your head. Don't do now what you should do, and you'll break your heart in the future. Shaking your head like it's all wrong Before you're here, you're already gone And even with the light all around you You're all alone in the dark You're breaking This is what we're doing while we're living. We don't even know what we're setting up in the circumstances when everything comes unglued, which we see it happening now. We heard Mariana say, we are now coming into the moments 
of the secrets. Look around you. Basically is what she's saying. Our lady said it at herself. Look around you and see the signs of the times. She, before that, was always watch for the signs of the times. Jesus said 2,000 years ago, you'll know by the signs of the times. We're in it. We can't make this any more clearer. But it is hard to accept. You mean I'm alive in the time that Jesus talked about? We talked on, I think, the last couple of metagenomics about the Antichrist system is just one light switch away. It's as easy as going to your living room. You come out of the darkness by turning the light on. That we can come just as easy turning that light off and go in the darkness of the Antichrist. We've never in the history of the world been in a position that you can be controlled buying or selling as foretold in Revelations. And that's the mark of the beast, 666. We are in that mist, and our lady is here in this mist to stop that. And that's what she said in the song. The words said in the song, it's not too late. I'm still right here. If only you would let go of your fears. What is your fears? Well, I don't want to change right now. I'd have to do this or my husband, my wife, my children, my children won't like this because I'm not, I'm going to take the cell phones from them. Don't be afraid of them. Then I control. You are in control. You are deforming your kids, letting them have a TV, and you're deforming them, letting them have cell phones and home computers. I'm telling you, and you will regret it. It will break your heart, and you're at fault. Well, they're going to have this or this danger. or Baloney. From Adam all the way to now, we survived before cell phones. Don't let your kids have one. It will form their heart, and you're setting their hearts to be broken, as well as you when you see the consequences of it. Oh, well, I'm scared to do that. If only you get rid of your fears, the song says. Or they says, don't be afraid. And she said today, may the saints be models to you and an encouragement for holiness. God will be near you, and you will be renewed in seeking through your personal conversions. We need personal conversions. And if we're allowing the culture to tell us what to do and how to do it, you will not go through full conversion. You may think you are. It makes me sick to see people pulling out their cell phones at mass to follow the readings. There's something alien about that. There's something with an aversion in my heart through prayer that I see that. It's disgusting. I actually saw in Medjugorje when they were doing a mass once that a nun gets up and goes to the puppet with the priest and turns on cell phones for the readings. It's so connected to modernism. I already said a message through modernism and consumerism. Basically, evil is coming through. We can't have the word written, the book, that we're so blind to what we see, we go that way. We can learn a lot of things. The, the enchantment of what's idolizing to us and leading us astray. Homer tells the story of Odessa, a warrior, who was returning from home from the islands of Ithaca. And after fighting for many years in the Trojan Wars, he was ready to go home. And they made a movie of this in 19, I think, I think it was probably 70s, maybe 1974. And so Odessa had a healthy fear of temptations. So he, he that's, that's like a fear of God. Homer wrote this, what, 2,500 years ago, whenever. But in Greek mythology, the sailors were regularly lured to their deaths by sirens, creatures who sang a beautiful and irresistible song. You got the definition of sirens? Yes. We think it's an ambulance running down the road. That's not what the definition is. The definition is a goddess who enticed men into her power by the charms of music and devoured them. For an enticing woman, a female rendered dangerous by her enticements. Women are enticed today. Satan's lured them out of the home. They're always following something else. We don't do housekeeping. We don't realize how holy it is. And we've got a structured society based on everything now reversed. In fact, on Medjinomics, tomorrow we're going to talk about the demasculization of men. They're giving courses of it. Be sure to tune in that tomorrow. It's amazing what's going on. Francis of Rome said, It is most laudable in a married woman to be devout, but she must never forget 
that she is a housewife. And sometimes she must leave God at the altar to find him and her housekeeping. Do you know how holy it is just to keep a house? Not to go go to work and leave your kids and put them in the nursery and then go to a place where you are fulfilled as a career. You're fulfilled in your housework. Housework is holy. Why would the saint say that if it wasn't? But Odessa... And the movie, and the Homer's writing actually, it was based on that, is entranced by the song. Any sailors still toward the call were dashed to pieces on the rocks. To avoid this fate, Odessa orders his crew in the writing to plug their ears with beeswax, and he wanted to be tied to the mast, but he didn't want beeswax in his ears. So on hearing the sirens, Odessa himself couldn't resist, and he begs to be untied. He ordered his men not to untie him. No matter what he orders, don't untie me. But he's enticed by these voices, which is sirens, the definition. Beautiful women, two beautiful women on this island, as they pass it, they lie, just like the devil. Oh, you're coming home. The island's over here. Your wife, your children's over here. Your son's here. And he's, he's ordering them to stop. He had instructed, of course, the crew to ignore him, but they completely refused his pleas. So the ship was able to sail safely. But Odessa was smart enough because he had a healthy fear of temptation. He tied himself up to protect himself and warned him, don't listen to me. We must learn with our lady how to navigate the waters and how to bind ourselves to the mast. She's the mast. She's our anchor. And then temptations lose their potency when they're not enforced. Had he left himself untied and said, I'm just going to go through that, I'm strong enough, he'd fail. Satan reads your heart. He knows your weaknesses to tempt you. You're not going to be able to make it past him. You're not going to be able to survive with him. Our lady is trying to show these things to us. So we're going to play a clip from the movie, and you can hear in there, it's a little bit audibly Ancient compared to today, but still it's a good lesson of how we've been entranced and listened to the voices of the world and not Our Lady. And while the men on there, you'll hear them where they put beeswax in their ears to stop it, they were able to survive and go by. And had Odessa not tied itself to the mass as we tie ourselves to Our Lady, we will be saved. It's the only way to navigate. So the clip, you have to listen a little bit carefully, but you'll understand it. There's a strange odor in the air tonight. Yes, that's true. Dry, dusty fragrance. Like a garden of dead flowers. Why is it so quiet? I cannot even hear the noise of the oars. Look there! Ulysses, put this in your ears, quick, put this in your ears. Stop up your own ears, hurry before it's too late. Give me some wax, too. Ulysses, Ulysses, can I, Penelope, 
goddess who enticed men into her power by the charms of music and devoured them. This is what's happening today. Man fell because of the woman in the Garden of Eden. We have the same thing happening today. But God sends a woman, the mother, the most perfect mother, to mother the world. That's who we listen, are to listen to, especially the women. That's who you're to reflect to. We see that the water's so deep, the sky's so perfect, and the voices that come up and the sirens of the city entrance everybody. We're fallen and feminizing society, and people don't even know who they are anymore or what they are. This is a loss of motherhood. When that's reestablished, everything corrects, and that's what she's here for. But you have the voices of the city says, I'll hold your hand. Oh, my, we'll swim against the tide. That's what feminism is doing today. They're going against the tide of what God made things. They want to go in reverse and change. And the reverse is going in all kind of avenues, which like streetlights are shining on the city streets at night on lost avenues because people are lost. They're going down avenues they never should have gone down because they're listening to the voices. And we have the saints like St. Vincent de Paul, who are holy people. They're the models to look for. At Rudebach, Paris, you'll see the miraculous medal, and you'll see above the altar St. Vincent's heart, who founded the Daughters of Charity. And, of course, that's where St. Catherine was, and that's where she saw the miraculous medal and it was given to her on the altar. Or they sat in a chair and told her to make this medal. But if you go half a block around on the other side, you'll come to another church. And when you walk in there, you'll see an altar and you see two spiral staircases, not spiral, but kind of curve around and they go up about one story high. And you see up there a big glass coffin. And you go up there and you could be the coffins at waist high. And you're looking six inches away from the glass, St. Vincent de Paul facing you. It's an amazing thing because I've seen incorrupt, but I like. This one, because it's so uncorrupt, but you can get face-to-face. I mean, literally, you can be six to eight inches or maybe 10 inches away from his face and just stare at it. And here's a saint who did many beautiful things, 
and who is a light to look at too, but you can stare and contemplate him that close. We have these things taking place, and that's the light to follow, but it's too much for the city. They don't want that. They reject that. And so Satan wants to carry you home. He wants to entice you. He wants to unchain you from the mast of Our Lady. He didn't want you to be there. And then the enticement, come home, come with me, which leads to hell. It's said that Abel was in the rural areas and Cain founded the cities. And he was because he was driven off to the cities. And the cities are alluring. But this is a representation of our culture where we are today. And so when you think about these things, reflect on them. What sirens are you listening to? The devils? That, hey, love will survive. Follow me. I'll show you. And he speaks through the voice that you wouldn't expect. The women who should be leading by their housework, by their homes, by homekeeping. The whole society of the world is going to change through this. Our lady's coming first for that. She said that the December message when she says, I will give all mothers my motherly special blessing and the rest I'll bless on Christmas. Or maybe reverse that. Why does she separate that? Because that's what's got the change to change the world. And that's based on the principle. She who rocks the crater rules the world. Last night I dreamt I was floating with you The river so deep and the sky perfect blue If we leave behind the dust in the sky From the sound of sirens, the city will rise Hold your hand in mine, we'll swim against the tide From the sound of sirens, love will survive
lady wants to carry you home but satan wants to carry you to his home and so if we leave behind dust in the sky the allurement is leave the land the soil the dust that blows up in the sky why would you want to stay there because there's allurement from the sounds of sirens the city will rise many of the saints and many thoughtful people spoke against the city what thrives there? Sin. What do they do? Swim against the tide. It's filled with this stuff. From the sound of sirens, love will survive. Mariana was told by the devil, and she wasn't just told words. She was entranced by him. She was being allured by him. So he didn't immediately come on like a beast. He says, I'll give you love and life in other words, you will survive on these things. And she said, no, she had to immediately break away because it was, it was pulling her in. And immediately when that happened, Our Lady came. And she, of course, said, I'm sorry for this, but you must understand Satan exists. And you get two voices coming to you. Put your hand in mine or put your hand in Satan. Go to the city or go to the land. When its chains have come undone, that's what was just told. Take my ropes off. Let me get away from the mast. Our Lady is your anchor. Bind yourself and tie yourself to her. Be chained to her. Satan wants you to be unchained. And she wants to free you and unchain you in her way so that you be free from Satan. I'll always be the one to carry you home. Of course, that's his enticement. What is the street lights? They just shine on empty avenues, showing people go down this way, go that way. Cities are filled with many sins. Doesn't mean the rural area won't have that. But that's why the South is looked as a Bible belt, because they're closer to the soil. The lights of St. Vincent are too much to lose. The models of the saints is too much to lose. And I says, may the saints be models to you and an encouragement for holiness. Not for what we're seeing right now. Just listening to this song and just what you've said in the last 10 minutes or so has brought me back to my time in Medjugorje. And I spent about six months in Medjugorje, much of it being in the mission house. And there we've talked to pilgrims from all over the world, countries such as Hungary, Lebanon, Malta, France, Germany, Ireland, England, just to mention a few. And many of them who came talked about their sufferings and their pains and and the afflictions that they are living because of the enticements of the world. Their children going on to the wayside. Ireland, the vote that they voted for abominable marriage a couple of years ago, they just elected their first abominable prime minister. They're getting ready to vote for the legalization of abortions now. And, and this is all over the the world in different countries. But the thing that they spoke about was how it's not just the messages, but it's how they are learning through our material, through the teachings of a friend of Medjugorje, to live the messages in their daily life. That the message itself of Our Lady, because they don't understand it, they don't have the ability or the or the the prayerfulness or to, you know, how do you take that message and put it into every aspect of their lives. And they all left with material, but one of the main things they said was that these writings is what has started to give them hope in the world again. Hope for their lives, hope for their families, hope for the country. And I thought with Our Lady saying, faith will be hope to you, that there are many people out there who have no hope because they don't know how to take their faith and actively put it into their lives. 
And it was something I guess I just wanted you to comment on what your thoughts are about that and what these uh, what we've been hearing, especially in these last couple of years from the people from all over the world. Well, you've been there all summer and since spring. Let me reverse the question on you. What model do they have to follow and implement a way of life or the messages? Not just, we're not talking about going to mass, we're talking about fasting, this, et cetera, but really to make the messages work. You have many people out there who talk about the messages, who interview the visionaries about the messages. They need something more. They need a, an active model of how you put the messages into your life. And that's what they see the but community. Then what am I? Why am I what I am? It's Our Lady. Our Lady showed the way. I put it in practice in my family with no concept to put into community. And after I propagated that in my family, changed the direction of family, put my kids out of sports, quit the NFL little leagues schools that I didn't like because they started doing soccer on Sunday mornings. And I watched that because I helped start soccer in Birmingham with just a few other people. And then they wanted to do tournaments on Sundays. I pulled out of all that. I went against the tide. The song says, swim against the tide. The tide of what real womanhood is about, the song can be tempered both ways. We are now to go against the tide of what's going, but it's gone the way it's gone by swimming against the tide of the culture. So as I established that, Our Lady saw an ingredient here that actually asked for a community. Well, I saw that. Uh, especially within the creation people. Here it is. These are the people that Our Lady has chosen. They have been a part of Medjugorje in, for, since the very beginning. And it wasn't until your writings got translated into their language that they began to understand who they are, what Our Lady expected of them. And that's why they were so touched by a friend of Medjugorje, because they couldn't understand how somebody could love them enough to do this for them. And so you have been a model for them through your writings, through your witness of living Our Lady's messages, first of all, in your own life, and then teaching that to the community. And we have been an extension of that. Well, I want to counter that in saying, uh, I said, live in humility by what Mother Teresa is walking by through the Swiss guards and one of them was able to talk to her, and he said, you're a saint. And she looked at him thinking, you know, how, how is she going to respond to that? She says, we're all called to be saints. I know there was a girl here and working here and volunteering at, and beginning Caritas, and I told her, well, you're called to be a saint. She said, I don't want to be a saint. I said, then you're going to hell. She said, how dare you say that? I said, only saints are in heaven. If you get to be an official saint, it's just recognized by the church that you're a saint. Every person in heaven is a saint. Now, you got publicly recognized models who are the saints who's been investigated that they're guaranteed to be in heaven when they say they're a saint. And, of course, they give the two miracles. But we're all called to be that. And you can accept that even in humility. We're called to be that way. I know Our Lady's chosen me for certain things. There's no way that this thing can come out of a cow pasture. There's no way it can turn into the largest Medjugorje center in the world. There's no way it can capture the whole movement's thought, if you want to call Medjugorje a movement, because it's not a movement. That's to minimize it. It's a world shift. And nobody's defining it. Because nobody, we didn't have anybody look at to see, how do we do this? It came through prayer, through fasting, through sacrifice, through persecution, through difficulties, and many crosses. And it's what made us a soldier. Because if I calls you to be an apostle, she also means that a soldier to be taking orders. And so we have the world spinning out of control right now. I saw different people doing different things in Medjugorje. And I always respected everything, whatever they did. I never felt called to do Medjugorje conferences. When they first started and before they started, that concept was presented that we were the most capable to do that. And there's only one other Medjugorje center that was capable of doing it, and they did the first one in Notre Dame to their merit. But I didn't feel that's what I was supposed to do. I was laid back in the background because these things were real shining stars and brought a lot of people and brought people to conversion and all these things. But it was a short-term game of the way I saw it. I had to live and put into life the messages, and that's what I worked on. So we stayed under the radar. We didn't get the shining lights on us, who we were, 
And then we were crushed and persecuted over and over for many different avenues to put us on the main freeway to where our lady leads us to. And now we, in the Medjugorje world, are converting people in Medjugorje, the people, the villages. And you've told us story after story, people coming and crying, looking at these things because they have so much in their heart that they were never told. And so our lady kept us underneath the radar and we're blooming out right now. People all over the place are popping up. But she made a model of us and is not humble to admit, admit that. And I know who we are. We know who we are. First sinners called by God to live a perfect way of life imperfectly. And so these soldiers that she asks us to be, the apostles, we recognize that we're in a moment of truth. We're the people that's going to take your hurt and we're going to take the pain for you. We do that because we'll be your soldier. This is what we're come to do to help. When you're worried, we'll be there to your shoulder because we've already been there. We've been through it. We know what it's like, and we can speak to you about it. Ladies called us to reverse the direction of the world. That's a big task. How you do that? One step at a time, but one foot in another step. You can't get to the top of the staircase except by one step at a time. You may be able to skip two if you can be long strided, or maybe three. 
But you have to have those steps to get there. Our lady for 36 years has been building steps to grow more holy, to become stronger, to change the direction of the world. A big task, a huge task. And we're supposed to follow the light that's in the darkness. Because we're in the midst of great darkness. Darkness so deep, so dark, that if you don't have faith, you will lose hope. But hope's never lost. It never will be lost as long as there's faith. So we're going to be okay because our lady's here. That's the hope we have. And because we have a hope, we see that. We can put faith in her. And that's what she's here for. She's actually got a new power to counter the prodigies of the devil and being able to communicate to us directly from heaven because Satan communicates directly through cells, phones, and all electronics, his voice. And so God had to put something on the earth that the earth has never seen. That's why she said, I'm going to give you messages as never before. How many messages are on the internet today? How many on cell phones? How much texting is going on? How many tweets are going on? How much of this is happening? Heaven was forced his hand to counter that. It's a necessity for the Antichrist time that's being broken down and when it resurrects, that she's got messages here that will speak to you. It's a text message, if you want to see it that way, for the analogy, where she never compares herself to that. But the message is sent to the whole world, to groups, to communities, down to the individuals. These messages speak to you just like that. They're amazing. They have power to say different things now, tomorrow, and a month later, and years, and into the time of the Antichrist, they will have a power for her to address an individual how to make it, that you're going to be okay. I know it's all you've got to just be strong. It's a fight just to keep it together, together I know you think that you are too far gone But hope is never lost Hope is never lost Okay. 
February 2nd, 2013. I will teach you to forgive, to love your enemies, and to live according to my Son. Do not be afraid for yourselves. In afflictions, my Son does not forget those who love. When the night is closing in, don't give up and don't give in. This won't last. It's not the end. You're going to be okay if you tie yourself to the mast, the anchor, the voice of Our Lady. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.